This episode of Butcher's Breakaway is brought to you by our Patreon subscribers. Couldn't do without you, but we are $13 away from our goal. Our goal of holding a sermon outside of MSG on October 3rd with some filming and some other props. Who knows? And also, I just want to say on September 14th, if you are available in the New York City area, we are holding a live 200th episode live with Blue Shirts Banter. It's going to be at the Gin Mill at 3 p.m. Stop by. Also, December 27th. Tickets, the cheapest tickets you can get for the December 27th game versus Carolina at home on a Friday in the holiday season are for the Reddit Meet Suite Up. I'm not kidding. They're the cheapest tickets available. So if you were interested in going and sitting in a suite with us and hanging out, uh, you can go to the Reddit, Rangers Reddit, and uh, from there you can purchase some tickets. Uh, I think it's a sticky post still. Anyway, got a show today that's some good August content. That's right. Hashtag August content. Hope you guys enjoy. Uh, Greg and I talk about the prospect farm system of the Rangers. And also, uh, I talk about the games you cannot miss this season. All right, let's get to Mark. Here we go. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier. And you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Bushman Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Bushman Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead, and I am here with my co-host, who's punching his mic, literally, at the start of the show. I wasn't doing anything. Okay. It sounds like you're punching your mic. Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello. Story time, Ryan. Okay. I'm you, here for you some... want some story time? I do. That's what I'm I here for. I want some story time. Okay, good. Uh, went to the sports book today mm-hmm. with, with the roommate. Minding my own business, mind you. Uh, nice. Met game comes on, 2 o'clock. Sitting back, relaxing. Ahmed Rosario starts the game with a base hit. And then the Mets run, hit and run. Joe Panic, who was up at the time, swung and missed. Mets Rosario gets thrown out at second, yada, yada, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. One out, nobody on. Dude, standing to my left is flipping the fuck out at Michael Conforto. Why he's flipping out at Michael Conforto, I don't know. Uh, moment realizes over me that he thinks the white guy batting left-handed who just left Ahmed Rosario out to dry was Michael Conforto. So naturally, Ryan, as you know, mm-hmm. me, not one to keep my mouth shut. Greg, so I didn't. really? You? I Yeah, right? <laughs> Go figure. Anyway, uh, I just say loud enough for him to hear me, uh, you know that's Joe Panic, right? Can we start he this goes, where uh, you said you were – hold on. Rewind. I'm sorry yeah, to interrupt you. You, questions, you, questions. you literally said, there I was, minding yeah. my own business. When, minding my own business. But clearly, you were yeah. not minding your own business. You no, like, no, I was minding my own business. Okay. This guy was not minding his own business because he wanted the entire sports book to know his feeling about Michael Conforto. Okay. So, so Joe, Joe Panic Again, Greg. R- Ranger great. Joe Panic. Keep going. Got it. Uh, Greg, who can't keep his mouth shut, says, that's Joe fucking Panic. And he goes, oh, you know, I actually like Joe Panic, blah, blah, blah. Needless to say, Ryan, Joe Panic hits a triple a couple pitches later after all these things happen. He goes, see, I told you I love Joe Panic. When's the last time Mike Conforto had a big hit? Blah, blah, blah. Conforto, the most unclutch player in the world, like blah, last, blah, blah. Last week, right? Uh, Didn't he have like a- Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, the example I used, I don't know why I even forgot about last week. I said Mike Conforto, the guy that hit multiple home runs. In the 2015 World Series, that Michael Conforto. Did, that's the one we're talking didn't about. Didn't he have like a game-winning home run like a week ago during? Your, yeah, he walked off against the Nationals last week. Yeah, no well, big deal, right? We're missing the point okay, anyway. Cool. Joe Panic hits the triple. This guy's still going on about how sucky Michael Conforto is. What do the Royals do? They walk Pete Alonso to get to Michael Conforto with one out in the first inning. Two on. And what does Conforto do, Ryan? I ask you, what does Michael Conforto do? Didn't watch the Mets game because I'm not a Mets fan, but I'm going to say he hit a home run. He hit a home run, 452 feet. I looked that guy dead in his eyes, and I said, you were saying. And then I didn't say anything the rest of the day. That makes sense. He walked, he, he walked away shortly there. I also was, would have uh, walked away. Yeah, because, oh, my God. If, if I will say this. If Conforto grounded into a double play in that moment, I probably would have cut my own penis off. <laughs> uh, welcome to the New York Rangers podcast, the number one New York Rangers podcast, where we talk about all hmm. things New York Rangers all the time. This week, yeah, tell me what 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 things New York Rangers should we talk about today? It's it's great that you mentioned that because this week, welcome to August content where there mm. really is very little to talk about, and Ryan and Greg make up shit. So, oh, I like that. Yep i i uh, I have some things for us to talk about. Not sure how much time they will take, but stick with me, Gregory. Uh, we will okay. we will get some more baseball talk at the end. I'm assuming we might have a guest. We might not. Hands up. I don't know. 
The news of the week. Let's go over some of those things. Elite sure. prospects and the NHL mm. network have named the Rangers farm system the best in the league. Mm. Now, yeah, you and I, we've said this before. And this yep. will be uh, groundbreaking news at all. We're not yep. experts when it comes to NHL prosper, prospects. Can't confirm. We Can't confirm. leave that to people who are very smart, like Drew mm. Way, uh, yep. like uh, other people who write for our website, Rich, Sean, and George, and uh, other people like AJ Ranger, etc. People on Twitter. We mm. do not know much about prospects. Sure don't. Do you, with all that being said, and, and uh, our opinions meaning almost nothing, and that goes for all of our opinions... Do you believe this was done, I'm a conspiracy guy and you know that, just okay. to get more clicks by elite prospects? Because mm. because Hockey Statminer, our good friend who's been on this podcast before and will hopefully be on again in the near future, uh-huh. makes a good point. Whereas the top six of the farm is no-brainers. It's Kako, Kravtsov, Shirkin, uh, Fox, Miller, Lund... It still bothers me that you just can't say Shesterkin. Shesterkin. Igor. I'll just go Shesh- Shesterkin. 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 He has the two different spellings. I like the other one better. But That's fine. It's still pronounced the same. Fine. Shesterkin. Uh, You're still struggling with it. I am. I struggle. I politely ask you to just get better at saying Shes. We'll have a Shesterkin segment where I'll only say that. It'll be great. Everyone we'll just say Igor at this point. Yo, like, so, so Igor is – that's the, the top <laughs> six – is Kako Kravtsov, Igor Fox Miller Lundquist. Uh, so mm. after that, he makes a good point of who really is the big guns. Is it Robertson? Is it Rykov? Is it is it Hijack, our our new nicknamed friend, Hendrickson, Baron Jones? Like we don't really ha- after those top six, it's kind of shallow. Is it only the number one overall farm system because Kako and Kravtsov are so good, and Chesterkin or Igor rather? Sorry. Uh, was a top goalie prospect for a very, very long time. I'm unsure as to where, because we were ranking like 11th, I feel like at the beginning of the summer. Why are we now one? Where did that Where did that come from? So I got in trouble on Twitter this past uh, yeah, week. Yeah, I didn't pay much attention. I went away for the weekend. I went to your favorite city of Philadelphia, a place I visited. Oh, no, must have sucked ass, but it, whatever. It did. Um, um, but Lost money Lost money on the Phillies-Padres game today, too. I'm not happy. Phillies are hot right now. But Yeah, I figured they'd score more than five runs total. They didn't. Uh, fucked me, yep. Ryan. Sounds good. That's why you went to the sports book. Uh, anyway, what you ask, Ryan, because mm-hmm. I know you did. I Greg, did. why did you get in trouble about saying things about the Ranger farm system when you know you don't know shit <laughs> yes. about the Rangers farm system? Mm-hmm. Here's why I got in trouble, Ryan. Yes, tell me. Most of the reasons what you just said, right? The Rangers top six is undisputed, unquestioned. That six is ridiculous. And I don't think any other NHL team – Again, I don't – hand up. I don't know other farm systems in hockey like I do other farm systems in baseball. I would find it hard to believe that another farm system has a top six quite like the Rangers. And I'd go so far to say if you wanted to improve Rykov, I'd say it'd be hard-pressed to find a top seven as deep as that. But where I got in trouble was trying to equate a hockey farm system to a baseball farm system. Because in baseball, as you know, there are multiple teams that have just completely just fucking loaded top tens. Loaded. I the examples I use the, the examples I use, the White Sox, Padres, and the Yankees. Their top tens are insane. It, they don't make sense. Not so much the Yankees anymore, and, but they were last year, correct. Sure. If you want to just White Sox and Padres. I'm nitpicking for no teams. reason and I interrupted you. Sorry. That's fine. Still, those top tens, we look at it, it's insane. But the thing that makes those farm systems so great is the guys ranked like 11 to 20 or 20 to 30 are still quality, right? And by quality, we mean these are people we expect to make some sort of impact at the major league level. We expect them to be average major leaguers to bench players or relievers. Someone that will make a difference at one point in their career. And when I think of loaded farm systems, I think of farm systems like that. Not just farm systems that have Mackenzie Gore, but farm systems that have guys that, like the White Sox are the perfect example to me, right? Because you look at a guy like Blake Rutherford, who I think is their ninth or 10th best prospect. In a normal farm system, he's top five. 
But the White Sox farm system is so deep that that guy, a guy we expect to be no worse than an average major league regular, is squeezed out of the top 10. Correct. And so that's I, I think I get what you're getting at, but you're, you're kind of talking about that's what makes a quality baseball farm. Whereas right. So I, I guess the, the disconnect I have is because if we were to equate the Rangers as a major league farm system, they'd be like the Blue Jays, right? They have blue chippers oozing off the top. But once you get past that first top tier, gets really questionable from there. As as much as we like, I, I have a hard time getting excited about, I mean, Cavalcaco being the exception. Uh, it's really hard banking on a guy like Carl Henriksen to be a NHL regular this quickly in his developmental curve. Guys like that. It After the Rangers, let me put it this way, and this is what I said on Twitter. If As hard as this is to believe, if one of Kako and Kravtsov doesn't reach their ceilings, the New York Rangers are in a lot of trouble because the New York Rangers haven't built depth behind those guys. Not Morgan Bar- I love Morgan Barron. Do not get me wrong, but Morgan Barron will never be that type of prospect. Carl Henriksen is as fun as he seems as a prospect, not going to be right now. If, if Carl Henriksen was right now, that kind of prospect, I know the NHL GMs are fucking stupid, but he would have gone, much earlier than the third round. Correct. Robertson, um, too. I mean, but Robertson has shot up lists. Like, the draft was a month ago, and now everyone's like, oh, my God, the Rangers have Robertson, too? Like, yeah, dude, he yeah, was available but, but for at, everybody. I, at the same time, like, pressure's off Robertson, right? Because on a good day, he's the Rangers' fourth-best defensive prospect. Maybe? Fifth? Fifth, probably. I think. Probably fifth. Yeah. So, there's really – there's not a whole lot of pressure on Robertson to become anything – amazing prospect. if he does phenomenal Dude, but the Rangers are kind of we're talking about like this guy's gonna have to go through so many different people just to get playing time yeah so it's like Robertson you're kind of playing with house money but when it comes to the like the Rangers farm system is is top loaded and maybe it's a good thing that the Rangers farm system is loaded with so many defensemen but my god they really don't have a whole lot to be excited for on the forward front once you get past the top two and people could criticize me being like well, you're really complaining about the New York Rangers prospects after potential all-stars like Capocacco and Vitaly Krasov? Yeah, I am. Dady and I've seen the Rangers, all-star, yes. I've seen the Rangers with two, two really good wingers. It doesn't really get you anywhere if you only have two. We've seen them. Kreider and Zuccarello. It's, if Kako and Krasov become Kreider and Zuccarello 2.0, that's fucking phenomenal. That's really good. So, But they don't really have anything after that. And it's it's hard... For me, at least, it's, it's it's really hard to be super duper excited or call this the t- best. If this is the best prospect pool in hockey, then there really isn't, in my mind, a great prospect pool. That's kind of where that I, I landed on this experiment because I started looking briefly. Now, and again, not that I know a lot about other teams, but I was like, all you right, don't. yeah, what is the deal? How are we number one? And from what I read, like other teams have better depth than us. We just have the highest ceiling. So if you're grading by a highest ceiling, we've got it. Like that's right. not even a question. The only right, like what 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 makes the best farm system in hockey? The number of potential stars or the number of potential NHL regulars? Because we have the highest number of potential stars. Like all six of those yes. guys we named could be all stars. That's not unrealistic. I that sounds crazy to say, but like Miller, Lundqvist, I like they all could be all stars. Perennial, yeah. peren- perennially, Jesus. Um, there you go. There's a word. We got there, uh, and. That's a great thing. That's not the case with all these other... We have six of them. That's not the case with even, like, the Kings, maybe. The Kings are loaded. They're number two. on, But they don't have, like, that Kako-type player. So that's probably why they end up two, because Kako's just not there. And Kako's already so damn good at hockey, like, he has only... He can only really go up from here, hopefully. Can I, can I, just, can I just say about the Kings, and this... I don't want to keep bringing up Leah Anderson on every podcast, but it is just funny to me that... People are still really excited about Gabe Velarde, as they should be, who was taken in the same draft as Leas Anderson and who hasn't played meaningful NHL minutes yet. And people are still just fucking nuts about that guy. It just it, It's just another reminder that relax on any criticism you have about Leas Anderson because there are plenty of people that plenty of people are still high on who haven't made a difference in the NHL 
that were taken in the exact same draft. Phil Peedle is 19 years old. Sure is. He's of, not considered a prospect anymore. As of today. That's insane. Like, yeah. like we have so – and he, he's still growing. He's he's going to turn 20 in two, three weeks. So he's going to be 20 going into the season, but he's 6'2". He's going to grow into his body. He's going to develop more. He's going to be hopefully be the second-line center of the future for the Rangers. They're in a great spot. The Rangers are, are loaded with young players, and we couldn't ask for anything more. Really. We couldn't. Um, no. But, but it is it is they strange could, just to put it at the, at the same time. We could ask for one thing: they need more forward depth. It's they just need that simple. center depth too. I mean, that's not. I mean, yeah, we have desperate. some now, but I, it's not that the. It's not so much that the Rangers. Yes, the Rangers need more center depth. It's one of those weird things where the Rangers may have their four centers for the future right now. Mm-hmm. Like if Brett Howden really at the end of the day is just a bottom six center. It's not the end of the world, guys. That's that is a useful role on a hockey team. It's an important role. At the same time, knowing that Brett Howden's ceiling just it really isn't that high. I I don't I, I think the advantage to a guy like Brett Howden is we are confident that that guy will be an NHL regular for the rest of his career, right? We're pretty confident in some way, shape, or form, Brett Howden can skate for 12 and a half minutes a night and give you Average results. Not take away the from the, the game. Day. Yes. I actually saw right. an article from Blue Line Station. I didn't click it, so I don't know the author. My apologies. But it said, can Brett Howden be a second-line center? And I didn't click it because the answer in my head was no. I was just like, no. no. There's no, no way. They don't need him to be one. Yeah. They don't need him to be one. I, I was like, I know it's August, Blue man. Lines. But, yeah, well, you know, that's, that's some of the things. Thing. Some of the things Blue Line Station's been writing recently just makes me shake my fucking head. Because they're the same people that – asked if this is a make-or-break year for Leah Sanderson. The answer to that is very emphatically, fucking no. It really fucking isn't. He's 20. We're not going to get to make-or-break seasons with Leah Sanderson for another three years. Yeah, probably two years. Are you insane? Yep. Uh, but, at the same, like, the Rangers, they need center depth because right now they're banking on Heedle, Anderson, and Howden to be centers two through four for the long term. But we're just look as much as we love Filipino, there's still a chance where he doesn't become the player we expect him to be, and there's still a chance that he isn't even a center at his best. So it's it's t- the Rangers need depth because it, it's the same. We're going to equate a lot of things to baseball day because it's fucking baseball season, and I've been thinking about baseball a lot. <laughs> but it's the same reason why if you think you have a really good starting rotation, you still need pitching prospects. Because, one, injuries fucking happen. Yep. And, two, you don't know if the pitcher's going to just not be the same guy he is year to year. The problem with the Rangers right now is that if if one of Howden, Anderson, or Heedle crashes out, they don't have alternatives. They really and don't. There's terrifying. no, like, backup to come in. Like, what? It's Boo Nieves? It's Greg McKegg? Like, Greg McKegg, it, it, Greg like, McKegg might like, play third line minutes. Think about that. I'd, I w- I'd be stunned if at some point this season McKegg isn't playing third line minutes. But it's it, it goes one step further. It's like the Rangers, the Rangers' young center depth is so barren, where you start asking questions like, "Is Krastoff or Kako a center?" And maybe that's not good for their development. Maybe one of them could be. And the best time to experiment is when they're young. It's just it's a lot to ask. And then if you move one of those guys off center, well, now you're short a winger, and so on and so forth. So. The Rangers' defensive depth, God, man, which it's is so hard. it's the thing that we've bemoaned the most since we started this podcast. No, is the, the Rangers' def- the defense, straight up defensive play. Oh yes, the defense it, is number one. Yeah, so it's it's the thing we we bitch about the most since day one. If you go back and listen to every single podcast in a row, the thing we complain about more than any other is probably the players the Rangers put on defense and the amount of time those players get on defense. So it's. Amazing that the Rangers have Miller, Lundquist, Hijack. I uh, love that nickname, by the way. Like Hijack is like the fucking. It's like such a sick nickname. Oh, I'm excited. The next time we do stickers, we're definitely going to do like a DB Cooper sticker, except it's going to be Lieber Hayek. (laughs) I like. Um, Yeah, but you have like five guys at least defensively that could become no worse than NHL regulars where the forwards 
I'm ready to just boost up Morgan Barron just like the next guy because that guy is so fun to watch. And the Rangers took a chance on him late in the draft. He's been blossoming at Cornell. It's fun to find diamonds in the rough. At the same time, expecting that guy to even be Bunievez at this point in his career is reckless. And the fact that he's probably, not just probably, comfortably the Rangers' third best forward prospect, it's not great, yeah, he, actually, he actually is the third best. I'm it's looking now. It's like, yeah, you're right. It, that, that's not that's not ideal. But it's just that fact underlines your larger point, which is it's very possible that most NHL farm systems are more wastelands than the Rangers are. The Rangers got star potential just oozing out of their top six. But like you said, once you get past that, I don't know, man. If you were to if you were to equate the Rangers to a major league baseball farm system, which is what you and I know best, I'd have a hard time putting them I mean, I guess the star power gets them in the top ten. I don't think it gets them any better than like eighth. I, I and then I'd once those them. guys graduate, once those guys graduate, you're looking at a bottom third farm. You mentioned this name earlier. Uh, I'd equate them to the New York Yankees of two years ago, where they had the top six guys that were just so heralded that it made the the farm system so damn good. And Glaber Torres and Andy Warr and et cetera. Well, that's, that's why I think, like, if you wanted to look at them right now, I think they're like the Blue Jays because the Rangers have a Vlad Guerrero Jr. They have a Bo- they have they a, have a Bo Bichette. Bichette. Yeah, that's fair. And they have a Kevin Biggio. They have like they have studs. But now, now that those three guys are going to graduate off Blue Jays prospects lists, that's they, a team that's going to be a hard time being in the top half in the league. They got nothing. You're right. And, and, sure, and sure, sure. Right. Like, what are we complaining about? So we're saying the Blue Jays, a team that just graduated three stud prospects, aren't going to be a top farm system anymore. No shit, nor should you be. But it's just like, I don't know. I feel like the most successful franchises in every sport are franchises that can continue to produce just talented fucking guys at all time. And – Right now, as soon as the Rangers graduate some guys off this list, Fox is going to get graduated off the list. Kako is going to get graduated off the list. Krasov is going to get graduated off the list. Hedl and Anderson are going to be a year older. I mean, it's going to be Miller and Lundqvist. That's really it. And Robertson. And, the, and you know what? The Rangers will still probably be a top ten farm system, but man, they got to start. They got to start in importing forward talent because. If they don't, you're looking at a scenario where if Kreider leaves, let, let's play this game, man. If Kreider Ooh. leaves and the Rangers don't have – just think of what the role that Kako and Kravtsov are going to play this year, right? We're expecting them to be middle six wingers. Kreider leaves. That leaves a gaping hole at the top, even with Panarin. Who replaces Kreider? Well, better yet, not oh. who replaces Kreider, right? Because we'd expect one of well, the top Kako four forwards Kratsov are Kako Kravtsov, Panarin, and why am I blanking? I'm blanking. Bushnevich. Bushnevich. Why did I blank on Bush? I thought of him. I saw his face. I, I, I saw him on a dolphin riding <laughs> on Instagram, and I just couldn't say his name. Sure, but so the best the Rangers would still have a solid top two lines worth of wingers, right? After that, though, yeah. What makes up the rest and? Like you can say, well, the, Ra- boss, the Rangers can import bro. guys, but you got to remember that the Rangers cap situation, it's going to be more fluid next year, but it's still not going to be, the Rangers aren't ever going to have Panarin money again, because as soon as, as soon as the older players come off the books, Stahl comes off the books, Lundqvist comes off the books, uh, Shattenkirk's money drops, Girardi's money drops. As soon as those guys come off the books, your entry level contracts are going to be coming up for extensions. So it, it's, it's a constant cycle of paying someone. So it, it's it's more important than ever for the Rangers to produce their own young talent. And while we are extremely encouraged about what they're doing defensively, I don't know, man. It's hard for me to excite it to be excited after the top two forwards. And it's even harder for me to be excited about anything the Rangers have down the middle once you get past Howden. And that's I, I don't want to say it's a problem because it's not, because again. Next year, you and I are on the same page about next year. We don't expect the Rangers to be a playoff team. We expect them to be competitive, but we don't expect them to make the playoffs. That is not our goal. At the same time, we're going to have we're going to have even more answers about what the New York Rangers can be after next season. We're going to have a much better idea as to what Filipino will be, what Leas Anderson will be, and what Brett Howden will be. 
And the Rangers are not going to have money to go out there and sign even a Kevin Hayes. It's not going to be there for them. So they're, they're making big bets on youth, and that's great. It's just I wish that this team spread the love a little bit more to their forward ranks. It seems like they just took best talent available, and I can't blame them because it got them number one. But No, and it, that's what you should do. If the best player available is a defenseman, just keep picking defensemen because you don't want to – you don't want to force a forward just to take a forward, right? That goes against every principle you and I believe in. At the same time, I wish the Rangers could find a team where maybe they flip a Lundquist for a Gabe Velarde or something like that. I'm not saying that trade's possible or viable, but a prospect for prospect trades happen. And it could happen. Like this you year. Remember- I'm really curious to see how Gordon plays this year, especially at the trade deadline. You remember, this might have been pre-podcast days, but remember when um, the Mets were just oozing with pitching talent and the Cubs were just oozing with hitting talent? Yes, dude. I, and I remember, every every this week, is the, you know why this isn't pre-podcast because I remember having these conversations. Yeah, but we we'd just be sitting here talking about how the Mets should flip a pitcher, and I think at the time we were talking about like the Stephen Matzes of the world, even the Syndergaards of the world, for someone like Javi Baez because the Cubs were just. They had too many hitters, and the Mets just had too many pitchers. So you kind of you want to live in a world where it's possible the Rangers can make that kind of trade. I just don't think NHL GMs are smart enough to make those kind of trades. It just doesn't really, really happen don't. too often. I mean, you would really like to have high bias right now. I'm just telling you that. But it, it's just it's just not something that happens. And I think you make actually a pretty good point in general of what are the two or what are the factors that make a great organization, right? And the two things for me, especially in hockey, is development, like we mentioned, and cap management. Our cap is now managed. We're, we're going to be very not that flexible over the next five to seven years. Like, yeah, people are going to come off the books in two years, but and we're going to have a lot of rookie deals. But everyone's going to have to get paid. Everyone's going to have to get paid. Plus the expansion draft, which we're going to spend like a whole podcast on in the future. Don't worry, we have plenty of time to talk about that. Uh, there will be a lot going on there. But other than those two things, are, are there really like... Is there any other big factors? Those are your two sustained factors to success as a, as an NHL franchise, just in my opinion. Just cap management and development. If you do those two things, you're going to compete every year. Yes. Okay. Uh, coming up after this, I'm going to tell you Capo Caco's brother's name. But first, if you want to become a Patreon member today, we are $13 away. That's right. As I'm recording this, we are $13 away from our stretch goal of getting me outside of MSG, to do a sermon for the Church of Kako on opening night. Now, did I speak with a professional photographer slash videographer on my drive down to Philly this weekend to record that? Yes, I did. If you want to become a Patreon member today, you can go to patreon.com slash Breakaway. Sign up today. Well, a lot of great perks. Our Discord chat, which we're redoing. We're going to add some Q&A dates. We're going to uh, add our investor meeting dates. We also have t-shirts that are coming up. We started already talking about our next... T-shirt batch, our next sweater, our next possible cooking set. You don't know what we're going to be doing. So please join us at bushwitchbreakaway.com, patreon.com slash Breakaway, and join us today. And also, if you are free and in the area, September 14th, New York City, the Gin Mill at 3 p.m., Greg, I, and Blue Shirts Banter will be doing our 200th episode. That's right, our 200th episode live. It might be a very exclusive event because four people might show up. So you might just be you and four other people. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> hang out hang out with Blue Shirt Panther and Blue Shirt's Breakaway with four other people? That's insane. We've sold hundreds of tickets, aka three so far. So if you want to join us, uh, the Eventbrite ticket is, I believe, stickied on our Twitter, at Blue Shirt's uh, it's, No, it's not. You really want me to take down the Messier video? Oh. This, is, this is the weird thing now. It's like... Yeah, you're right. You're right. We um, can't ever take down Messier, which stinks. All right. Well, how about this? If you want tickets... It's stickied on my Twitter, O'Ryan Mead. There you go. Mm. O'Ryan Mead. You can go and get tickets. And we'll be tweeting about it a bunch. It's probably going to be on Reddit, too. So uh, that's been an ad. Now, I teased you there Mm. a little bit before the the break. Because I just want to let everyone know, and I think this is important. We've talked about this before, but I want to say it again. There is going to come a time very soon where Blue Shirts Breakaway might have not one, but two, Mm. like, real adult sponsorships. Like, not just... And... I just want to apologize because I know some people don't like ads. I get it. It supports us. So hopefully you guys will be okay. I'm going to try and make it fun. Stick with it. We're going to have two adult ads 
Hopefully soon. For us. Thank you. Love you. Okay. Capococco's brother's name is Consta Caco? Parents! What are you doing? <laughs> if there's anything more fun to say than Capo Caco, it's Constant Caco. Constant Caco. Um, that's just, uh, I can't believe, imagine the dinner scene. They're calling, they're, they just made their beautiful Finland dinner with traditional Finland food, of which I know many. And they call the kids down, they're like, Constant Caco! Capo Caco! <laughs> they just call them down. I do, you think, do you think they use last names? They have to. How could you? I don't know. My, uh, I'll, I'll relate to my mother. She calls me by my full name constantly, Ryan Mead, like all the time. So if I had Capocaco, mm. I just can't see a, a situation where I wouldn't be calling him the full name. It's. I don't think my mom or dad hits me with last name. Your name doesn't really flow the way that does. Excuse, though. excuse you. Catch Gregory Gaplin? Aaron Gaplin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the Gack line. Yes, I don't see it. Uh, I don't see it going that way. So. Uh, I have a, another August nonsense content before we oh, get no. to five. Actually, let's do five-star questions first. I think it's important. Okay. It's important for sure. them. Let's do it. We have two five-star questions today and a question from Twitter. The first five-star question is from FBI 2.0. Hey, guys. FBI 2.0, by the way, constantly writing in. Yeah, hey guys, how does he do that so much? I don't know, but I respect it. Hey, guys, great job on keeping the podcast interesting during the boring times in sports. You're welcome. Another th- three questions for you guys to dissect. We'll go one by one here, Gregory. That makes sense. Where does the NHL need to improve in its global hockey outreach? Marketing. Yeah, like the <laughs> marketing. <laughs> marketing. Ask? Literally just trying even just a, just a little bit. Just a little bit of marketing. Um, I think hockey is really well... From I got a really nice letter again from Finland. I get an, an, all these nice letters all the time and emails, rather, from, from Finland. Mm. They're like, we love what you're doing. I love the Church of Kako. I, I usually respond and say, thank you so much. That's awesome. Hockey's popular other places. Like, it's it's popular in Russia. It's popular in a lot of uh, European countries. It's the NHL doesn't know how to market itself. That's simply sure that. That's it. And neither does the MLB. That's another story. Um, who is going to provide? The physical presence for the Rangers this year. That's got to be Lemieux. If, yeah. if, if we get him signed, he's definitely a guy that can actually. Act- if we get him, he's going to sign. I know. Well, we, we're going to sign. Really think, you, hold on, hold on. Let, let, let's, let's investigate this a little further. Sure. Do you think there's a scenario where one or both of Tony D'Angelo and Brendan Lemieux aren't signed by training camp? I think Tony D'Angelo is a guy that might sit out. For what purpose? You're telling me, you're telling me the guy who already has attitude issues. That's why I think he might sit out. I, I you think get, he'll sit out? Be, I, he, he but how is that going to improve his stock? It won't. It will not. So you think he he will sit out thinking, this will be good for me? I think he says to himself, I deserve more. I'm an important part of this team. There's a chance he takes a seat. I'm not saying it's going to happen. There's just a chance. It's not Man, a guarantee I'm all, for, I'm all for athletes betting on themselves. I'm all for athletes getting paid. Sorry, Boogie Cousins. I, I do think if D'Angelo wants to sit out, I think the Rangers would oblige him. Oblige him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. But uh, I, I, if, if, there's, if there's a chance D'Angelo sits – by the way, D'Angelo is also the answer to this question, uh, along with Lemieux. They're both. both there is no chance Lemieux sits out. None. I agree with Lemieux's you. Lemieux's going to take something I, close to the It was more of a, and you might not believe this, but a, 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 something I misspoke about. Hmm, strange. You what? I, I know. Greg getting angry in public and Ryan misspeaking? Don't know what that's like. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> yes. I didn't get angry in public. Oh, okay. Someone said something stupid, <laughs> and I felt the need to remind him that what he said was fucking stupid. You just let the guy know that That's not wrong. me getting angry. You're right. And you know who else helped him know that he was wrong? Michael fucking Conforto. He did. He looked at the. He pointed at him like Babe Ruth would point at. Four hundred and fifty-two foot home run, bro. This is a good topic. Number three question from FBI two point yeah. Summer alcoholic recommendations. I can answer um, for Greg. It's rum and coke. Uh, yeah, well, that's that's year round, baby. Yeah, it well, is. Hold on, depends on depends on the mood. Right. I, if I'm I, trying to get fucked up, rum and coke. If I'm trying to just hang out with friends, have a good time. Uh, I'm actually a cider guy. I've been, I've been this summer, especially on some, uh, cucumber vodka mixes with some juices, uh, some fresh cucumber. Are you, are you a seltzer boy? 
Uh, I had a little seltzer in it. It's delicious. And mojitos also do it for me in the summer, like hardcore. Mm. They're just absolutely delicious. God damn it. I want one right now. Did I mention I went to the doctor and my cholesterol is ridiculously high and I can no longer eat cheese or red meat for a long time? Sounds fun, right? Yeah. Wow. That's terrible. I want to die. Yo, you never answered my question. Did you fast before that? I Okay. I did fast the, the morning. 24 of, full hours? Mm, no. So we're going to go back in three months and see what's up. Cause it's, yeah, you're supposed to do – anytime you do blood work, dude, you're supposed to do like full day fast. Yeah, I'm in, uh, I'm in very good shape. I go to the gym a lot. Not a brag. Uh, I, I don't eat, I do eat a lot of red meat and do, I do eat a lot of uh, cheese and that weekend was my birthday. So I ate a ton. So we'll, we'll see you in three months, how my cholesterol is doing, but I'm changing my lifestyle right now. And I do not like it. Uh, next question. Five stars from Joe M 27. Hey guys, what are, he used the letter R nice. Your thoughts on the possible, uh, this is a question I can answer for Greg too. Possible Rangers third alternative jerseys. Do you think they could bring back the Liberty logo or maybe come up with a logo just for the third jersey? Um, I'm down for bringing back the Liberty logo, but I'm also down for the new Ranger era, era rather, because I think that's what this is. I'm kind of sick of Potvin sucks. We've been over this. I'm sorry, people that like it. I understand. I think it's dumb. I think it's time to do Praise B. I think it's time to do new fun things with the Rangers and not talk about players from the 80s with the Islanders. Uh, and I, I don't care about. And I think it would be cool to do something new as the third jersey. Would I hate the... Liberty logo coming back? No, I think it's cool and fun. I actually am a guy, and I'll take shit for this. I don't really hate the Islander. You, you, are you? Are you a guy? Yeah, I'll take shit for that. Um, okay. I, I am a guy. Period. I also enjoy the Islander fireman, uh, not fireman, fisherman jerseys a little bit. I, they're kind of neat. They're a little niche. Um, and I I know that everyone hates them and calls them disgusting. I think they're good because they're disgusting. I don't think the Liberty. Uh, jersey is disgusting at all and I think it's just a classic and I have no problem bringing it back but I'm not sure they will I think they would have announced it by now do I want to see the Liberty jersey come back yeah it's a nice jersey one of my favorite Ranger jerseys that I own is a Jed Ortmeier Lady Liberty jersey it's a fucking great jersey Yep. Uh, do I give a shit about the Rangers third jersey I really don't guys I don't it's not anything that does anything for, for me deeply it's at the end of the day, it really is just a sweater. And as cool as it can be, here's the thing. If you want a Lady Liberty jersey of your favorite player, you can get it. You can go buy one right now. Yeah, you can get it. Like, are you waiting for them to make it official? If you if you have an affinity for Lady Liberty, go customize it. I'm all for that. Go do you. You could definitely I don't know. Do I it. just I really I really I really just don't care. If you're going to to me personally, I care a little bit because there are jerseys out there that are not my teams. And I've considered, like, you know, dabbling. Now, the f- this is going to make it sound sick. The throwback Philly jerseys from over the weekend, hot. Really hot jerseys. Yeah, uh, but uh, have you ever met a powder blue jersey that you've never actually – every powder blue jersey is great. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but Char- Charger- Chargers powder blue. They're good. Hot. They're good. Royals powder blue. Hot. Clippers powder blue. Hot. Some of the Clippers stuff Kings is nice. do a, I think the Kings do a powder blue. Looks amazing. There's a lot of fair powder point. blue. Anything just looks great. The Miami, if the, if the Rangers Lady Liberty jersey was powder blue, now we're talking. I'd ejaculate. Now we're talking. So I want something yeah. fun where like it gets blown away. Like okay, it's, this is new. I liked the Golden Sabers jersey. I thought that was sweet. The Miami Vice. Did I didn't have. I didn't have any. The Miami Vice Heat jerseys. The Miami Vice Heat jerseys. Like I don't care about the Miami Heat at all. I want one of those jerseys. They're sick. Yeah, they are absolutely. I also. Sick. Uh, ooh. remember the, I still like the Phoenix Sun jersey where the ball is like. Ooh, yeah, the flaming ball? Yeah. Yeah, that real, good too. Really like those. Like that too. Uh, the Nuggets, the Nuggets when they have the Miners on the jersey, like their 1990s Nuggets jerseys. Yep. Those are good too. Any, any Seattle Sonics jersey, amazing. Some of the throwbacks. And I, I, I'm fine with, dude, I just want something new and exciting, which the Rangers don't ever do. So that's fine. Uh, yeah, one, it's tough. One more question. This is from Tim, sick of life, uh, sick life of TG. Sorry, I guess his last name is G. Hypothetical. Yeah, it could be sick of life. I don't know. Don't be for him. That's true. I, my dyslexia is insane. Hypothetical. Rangers are in the seven eight spot in the last week of the season. We're gonna get to this in a minute with my new summer August content that's gonna last us the last twenty minutes of this podcast. Uh, uh-huh. Keandre Miller expands on his last season. Does which we expect him to do. Does he get the Kreider call-up? 
And does that push him into content? Does it push them into contender status? I do not believe, as much as the Keandre Miller hype, he's still got a lot of development to do. I do not believe they will call him up unless someone is seriously hurt and they are close and they cannot burn his uh, ELC. If he, if even if he's, you need two injuries. Yeah, you're you? right. Yeah, you would need two. What's what's the what's the scenario if Hayek? Yeah, Stall right. Stall gets hurt. Rykov. What's the scenario that Rykov isn't first? Rykov's definitely first. There's no. I I think there's little way we see Keandre Miller this year. I think there's only like a twenty percent chance we see Keandre Miller next year. To be honest, I think we're two yeah, years away of, from Keandre Miller. Part of the reason why it's easier to call up. I, I, I guess it just depends. I, we we talked about this earlier in the podcast. The Rangers have an embarrassment of defensive depth. So even even the young like the Rangers have zero need to rush Keandre Miller. Even if they're challenging for a playoff spot this year, they just have other young guys that they can learn things about before Keandre Miller. The with Kreider, it's to me it feels a lot easier to bring up wingers because there's just more time for wingers. You can find more time for a young winger than you can a young defenseman because it just it, it definitely feels like young defensemen get exposed more easily. If Crowder's struggling, you can shelter his minutes on the fourth line. You can allow him to eat more power play time um, to try and get his offensive rhythm underneath him. With a defenseman, even, even if you want to play a sheltered third-pairing defense, that means oh, Aaron, oh. <laughs> I just love Aaron screaming at the background. <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> um, it just means that uh, the f- top four has even more responsibility. So it's near impossible to hide young and or bad defensemen, which is part of our problem with how the Rangers defense has played over the last four plus years. Mm-hmm. Um, long story short, agree with you. The if First, either one of Rykov or Hijack is going to open the year love with the Rangers me. on the left side. pumped up. <laughs> <laughs> one of them's opening the year with the Rangers in the third pair. And if there's an injury, the other one is going to be the first one called. It re- it's You need two big injuries. And at that point, if you have two significant injuries to your defensive ranks, how far do you expect to go in the playoffs? Do you really, really want to burn? Yeah, do you really want to burn a year off an entry-level contract for Keandre Miller to – be swept by the Tampa Bay Lightning, or even if you get past a team like Tampa Bay Lightning, then a banged-up team taking on someone like Boston or Toronto, or, well, no, the Rangers obviously would be in the fucking Metro, so yeah, it makes sense. Capitals or Penguins? Yep. Capitals or Penguins? You Hurricanes. really you really want to burn a year to see if you can challenge one of I, I get that once you get to the playoffs, Anything's possible. anything can happen, and that's the magic of it, but at the same time, I don't know, a little bit of realism would be nice. Keandre Miller would have to have a ridiculous year at Wisconsin, a full year at Wisconsin, not just an injury shortened year like he had last year. Uh, yeah, I just don't see, I don't see the need. He's so much more important to the 2020 team than he is to the 2019 team. Welcome to the last segment of the podcast, and that is your 2019-2020 must-watch Ranger games in order of the season. I took the time mm. today to go through the entire schedule and pick mm-hmm. out a bunch of games to me personally that I mm-hmm. think are must watch. Now, a lot of them have a storylines tied into it and you can disagree with me if you'd like, but we're going to go game by game just a little bit. Sure. Okay. Sit I'm down. Ready. I know you're, I'm, so, you're so, oh, I'm so, so excited. <laughs> I couldn't be, couldn't be more excited. It's August, Greg. What do you want? <laughs> Uh, let's see. Things I want. I wanted the Mets to sweep the fucking Royals. Yeah. The fact that they lost the game bothers me. That was two. There was two. They won two one, right? That's serious. That is two 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 games to one. Sure that's did. That's what I thought. All right. The Mets uh, upcoming schedule though terrifying. Speaking of schedules, October third, home versus the Jets. Reason this is important. This the op- this the home opener. One, two. Mm-hmm. I'll be there. Two. And Church Cocker will be there. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's also Truba's first game. Versus his former team. October 7th. It's also, it's also game one of the National League Division Series. Right, which is very important. Which is the Mets. Right, win. which, yeah. So um, I might not be there. Okay. Um, right. You're not, saying, I'll, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be there because the Mets aren't making the playoffs. Hold on a second. You think the Mets are yeah. going to be in the National League Division Series? No, you, you know I know I the know. Mets aren't yes. going to make the playoffs. Okay. 
October 17th. It is the first game at the Devils. This game, I looked up tickets, are the you can't get anything less than triple digits already. It's at it's yeah, in not- New Jersey and you cannot go. It's impossible unless you're you're shelling out for it. Uh October 20th versus Vancouver at home. Why is this important, Greg? JT Miller? I'll tell you. Not JT Miller. I actually forgot he existed. Oh, wow. Wow, Shane. Church of Pedersen is a mm. church that started for Elias Pedersen. And sure. they have come at me very hard on Twitter multiple times saying I stole their idea. I didn't even know you existed. Similar to JT Miller, Church of Pedersen. I had no idea. that My sick brain. Actually, Kako came to me in a dream. And we talked, and mm-hmm. it came up. That's how it happened. I don't need your, yeah. you've copied our idea. I didn't know you were out there. You think I pay that much attention? You're crazy. Yeah, uh, I, I consider I consider the Church of Pedersen much like the Episcopal Church, where it's just like, what is that even? Yeah, like, like what's going on? I there? went to your website. What you doing? Really, dude? What you doing? Really, buddy? What you doing, Episco- Episcopalians? Is we'll that have, what they're called? We'll have something Episcopal- fun for there. Uh, so those Epis- are the... For me, those are Episcopalians, are... the people that don't eat fish or only eat fish. Those are uh, the pescatarians. Very close. Pescatarians. Yes. Eh. Very close. I'm Maybe. a pescatarian now, by the way. Fun, fun fact Fun fact about fish. Can I give you a fun fact about fish? I'm here. Oh, you, uh, the fish tube, man. I'm, a, I'm all in on the First fish of all, tube. that shit is amazing. <laughs> uh, second, second, fun and fact hold about on, fish. For people that don't know, if you haven't looked yeah. up fish, because I don't want people to be thinking, what the fuck are they talking about? Which I know that's what's yeah. happening with us all the time. Um, uh-huh. Go Google fish tube. And like fish tube transportation, there's a tube that they just stick fish in and it sends them across like, I don't know, like a mile. And it's, it's fucking awesome. It's a way to transport salmon across like creeks and shit. It's awesome. Check it out. Over dams. Actually. Dams. Okay. Cool. Uh, anyway, fun fact about fish. Yep. Greg Kaplan grew up in a kosher household, right? Which means you can't mix meat and dairy. So that means Greg wants a hamburger, can't be a cheeseburger. Right. If Greg wants chicken, you can't have milk. Catch my drift? Yes. I loved fish nights because fish, technically, not a meat. So whenever we would have salmon, Greg would have milk with Who dinner. Who made the and rule? I, oh, by the way, I don't know. milk and salmon is disgusting. <laughs> just oh, no. I, it, it really isn't good. Okay. It was one of those things where it, it's not that it's good. It's just that I, I was allowed to do it, so yeah. I wanted to do it. That's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Who made the rule that they were like, you know what? Fish, not meat. It feels like I'm sure, a, I'm sure feels like a cop out. Well, I'm sure there's like a Biblical completely, reason. yeah, and I'm sure it makes a whole lot of sense. But it's the same people that are just like fish, good shellfish. Fuck no, those things are dirty. You're not allowed to eat those. Yeah, those are the th- yeah. You can't you can't eat you can't eat crab or anything because they're considered bottom feeders, and you're supposed to be above Wait, that. You, you so, can't eat crab. Dirty food. No, crab is not kosher. Any shellfish is not kosher. Crab, lobster, clams. Wow. Scallops? Whoops. Scallops? Yep. Scallops. Sea I was urchins. about to say scallions. Sea urchins. No go. Yeah, not kosher. Not kosher. Hmm. Starfish, not kosher. Giraffes, kosher. Um, Giraffes, kosher, but Jews don't eat them anymore because we don't know where to cut the fucking neck. It's, it's too long. It's really tough. Visuals got lost in knows. translation. October, yeah. Those are the October games. There's, you're going to notice something right. that they, they're, they schedule, like, I don't feel like there's a lot of big games this year. I'm sure that the, their narratives will come, but here we go. Sure. November uh-huh. November 12th, very important game versus Pittsburgh at home. Just fun because it's Pittsburgh and we play them hard at home. November okay. 25th at, versus the Wild at home. A Monday night, Zuccarello returns home on his five-year contract on versus the Wild. Yeah, I know, right? We'll be reporting. Um, that's, and that's it for November. Those are my notable games. And these are games like, these are just suggestions of games you have to watch. I will post them on my Twitter if you're interested and, and want to write them down, whatever. I don't know how much you care. I'm getting content for August. Okay. Uh, December 20th versus the Leafs at home. For me, this is circled for two reasons. The okay. Leafs are a fascinating team, and we usually play them hard. And two, mm-hmm. Georgia is going to start. And there's no way Georgia doesn't start versus the Leafs all season. I just don't see a way he doesn't. Would you be surprised if the first game we play towards the Leafs, Georgia is, is on the bench? I'm not. Ryan, this is going to shock you. You don't care. Are you, are you sitting down? I, I'm for all podcasts. I'm not thinking about what the Rangers are going to do in goal in December. I am, actually. This is what we're doing. I'm not there yet. Okay. I'm not there yet. All right, we're going to keep going then. December 27th versus Carolina Mm. at home on a Friday. Hmm. Why is this game important? The the Greg McKegg revenge game. It's the Greg McKegg revenge game, and it's the Reddit Reddit meetup game, where you can go to Uh, reddit.com. Oh, Oh, I forgot forgot about that one. Reddit. I really 
I know, really good there. Nice plug. Uh, you can go to uh, Reddit today, and uh, it's the sticky post. You can join us in a sweet game. Um, then this is kind of kind of what I wanted to talk about. This is ridiculous. So uh, I think the NBA did that this this year also, from what I was told from Mr. Bill Simmons, because who did some research on the schedules, where they stacked the more watched the the games that would be you know more heavily favored after the NFL season. Seems that way. Um, we play the Islanders three times in two weeks. We play them January 13th, the 16th at the Barclays, and the 21st at MSG again. We only play one other team during that two-week span. And that's the first time we play the Islanders this season. That's insane. What was Simmons' reasoning for that? Because the NFL is no longer competing, so you want you want you, better matchups then? Yes. That's correct. You get the bet. You 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 start slating the better matchups later in the season. When we play, I don't know how you let this happen. Where you play? That's such you, a that's such a quitter's mentality. Just being, I. The NFL is oh my goodness. Ooh. The NFL is literally it, it's once a week, really. The Thursday and the Monday night games. I don't know. I I'm, I'm wishy washy on them. I understand not wanting to go heads up against football on Sundays. I get that. That makes totally. sense to me. To me, I would never have a hockey game that meant anything on a Sunday. I'd have all the shitty inter you know interleague matchups, etc. on Sundays. That's it. Or if or if you wanted, just put it at Sunday night. Like, don't play a Sunday game at one. Mm-hmm. No one's gonna watch. No one's gonna care. What funny funny enough, I think one of our Reddit meetup games was a Sunday game at one. I don't think it was during the NHL. You want to know why I remember that? Because I was definitely watching the Browns during the fucking Rangers game. I think that was when um, I was I was gone. I was in Europe for. I, I think died. it was two. I think it was two years. No, no, it was. It wasn't last year. It was two years ago. It oh. was when we met Valley. Oh, okay. The Browns game was on during that Rangers game. Hmm. All right. Yeah, that was a sun. That was a Sunday game. Anyway, uh, that was fun. Canucks. Oh yes, it yeah. was. And uh, I get that, but it's just like Steve Camper. By the way, what he was playing that day. Very fun. Yeah, okay. Don't bring that up. Um, but we played the Islanders three times in two weeks. Who made this fucking schedule? That's my point. Well, I, it's I, it's dumb. It, I, the, I the, the long the long of it the long of it is dumb. My favorite thing of the season for me personally, other than making the playoffs and some of the surprise matchups that are fun, like we'll get to some of the other ones I think are must watch. But are the the hype leading up to the Ranger Islander games when both teams are good for me is like wow, this is so exciting. It loses its luster. When you're playing the third time in two weeks, I play. I, I get the back to back. I kind of get that. That's kind of that's typical. That's kind of fun. But to have a third one the second week, I'm really I am not happy about that. Not happy. Well, I I don't want to I don't want to leapfrog one of your most important games to watch, but I, it, it's it's relevant while we're talking about this. It's ridiculous that the Flyers don't play in New York before March. Okay, let's get there. I'll get I'll get it right now. February sixteenth versus Boston at home. It's a Sunday three thirty start. That's fun. Easy. I'll be in I'll be in Vegas. February 16th? Yeah. Oh. Uh Jeff and I are going to Vegas. <laughs> Jeff and I are going to Vegas to see the Golden Knights because we want to see the Golden Knights in Vegas. That's awesome. And we picked that weekend because it's just cheap to go. Stunning how Valentine's Day weekend is the cheapest weekend to go to Vegas. Hmm. Uh you want to know who they're playing when we go see the Vegas Golden Knights? I do. Tell me. Uh, the Islanders. Wow. A Ranger fan and a Devil fan is going to Vegas to see the Islanders. That's fun. Um should be a good time. To your point, March 1st, a noon start at home versus Philly. Noon? Philly? It's dumb, dude. It's dumb. It's No, it's it's straight. Because think about it. I understand that you only play your division opponents four times a year, right? Mm-hmm. So you only get two home, two away. Fine. It's stupid that the Rangers don't play a division game at home against the Flyers until March. It's just stupid. That's so dumb. There's no other way to describe it. That is literally a season's worth of hockey has happened before you play a division rival at home. The two play the two it should be one of the the three teams I care about the most playing or watching the Rangers play are the Flyers, the Devils, and the Islanders. That's who I care about the most. Pittsburgh's up there too, but those are the three teams I want to watch them play. The next game we're gonna go do I'll I'll spoil this now. The other Flyers game, I only have two other ones other than this one, is April 1st, April Fool's Day, versus the Flyers at home. It's the third to last game of the season, Greg. That's fucking bullshit. 
Like, yeah, it'll be cool if we're both contending for a playoff spot and that game matters. That's awesome. But there's a chance neither team, like, it, there's a good chance it doesn't fucking matter at all. It's just, that, that's so dumb. That's the Flyers. Like, that's a team I hate. Elaine Yo is coaching that team. Kevin Hayes oh, is on that team. You cut out on me there, so I'm sure you were ranting the entire time. And I I'm was. Sure I agree with it. You did. Um, I hear you now. The April 1st is the other game I was saying. It's ridiculous. that The, the, the third to last game of the season is when you play the Flyers again. The other two games I am interested in are March 7th. The Devils come to MSG for a Saturday night game. That shit's going to be bumping. And March 18th and 20th, we play a back-to-back to Pittsburgh for probably playoff hopes. And we'll probably get crushed then and lose our playoff hopes and be really sad. Um, those are my must-watch games this year. Hopefully, if you guys are interested at all, we will post them online for you. Gregory, we have done a lot of this podcast, and we have five minutes to go. I will allow you this time to talk about the Mets if you'd like. But I'm not first, really sure I have a but, good but Met rate in me today. But first, yeah, I, I will thank our Patreon subscribers. Uh, you should, you should. That's who, a good call. Who are in the banners of Blue Shirts Breakaway. We've decided to start hanging up banners. If you'd like to send in your numbers, maybe we could do that too. We have, at the top of the mountain, at the top of the period, our good friend Isaac from Sweden, Opie. He, uh, Brian Doyle, of course, Tory from Manhattan. Thomas O'Neill, Eric Stagg, Mike Smith, my boy Ben Weber, my boy Ben Waters, Benjamin Waters, my other boy, Sean Taggart, and newcomer, Billy Huff. I thank you all for being the backbone of Blue Shirts Breakaway and for hanging in our banners. We love you dearly. I feel like we should give Opie a little bit more credit. Yeah, okay. Opie literally holds the MVP trophy for Blue Shirts Breakaway. <laughs> Is sitting there, like, has the full swag on. His, like, like we're going to put him on the, we won't do this. But we're going to put him on the, the art of the podcast. Like, he's really killing it. He's Supporting the editorial. Is he is he up on the website? Uh, we he has not responded yet. Uh, Opie has uh. pledged, pledged to be a bishop of the Church of Chicago, and he will be up on the website of churchchicago.com. Uh, he has not responded. Once he does, we will get him up on the website. And the other person is Tori from Manhattan. She's the shit. Um, <laughs> Opie is easily the most valuable bishop, though, right? Like that's his title. Uh, whatever he wants his title to be, that'll happen. It's, oh. it's his choice. Oh. I, know. I think he's earned that. People choose. Um, yeah, so you're saying you don't have really a Mets thing to do this week. I, I don't think I do. Um, uh, I, mm, well, I have never mind. Oh, I do. Okay. I do. I have, I have a Mickey Calloway rant. Oh, Mickey. I have a Mickey Calloway rant. Yeah, I've yeah, noticed I, that. I, I, I know there's not really a lot of Rangers to talk about, but I do sometimes check our Twitter and I go, oh, okay. <laughs> and then I close it out. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is just all Mets. Okay. Um, what day was it, Ryan? It was, it was... last Thursday. Oh, it was... It was the fucking Braves game. Yes. Again, with the Stephen Matz start. Mm-hmm. Where Matt Stephen Matz was killing it. Fucking cruising, dude. Cruising. Six innings, 79 pitches, retired like the last 12 batters he faced. He was allowed to hit for himself the inning before. He scored a run because he got on base. The Mets now had a two-to-one lead. And what does Callaway do? 79 pitches, Stephen Matz, with Donaldson and then the bottom of the order coming up. So all Matz had to do was get through Donaldson. And then it was like... I think I think to be exact, it was uh, Brian McCann and Johan Camargo after that, or it might have been Tyler Flowers if McCann wasn't start. Either way, it was four, five, six, and the Braves staggered their lineup where one, two, three is Acuna, Albie's Freeman. So if you get through that, you can survive. What does Mickey Callaway do, Ryan? Takes, takes he goes, out, takes him out. He takes he takes him out, which is problem number one, right? You, uh, this is the only thing in his defense I'll say, right? You couldn't have anticipated Seth Lugo to be the one to blow that game. He's been easily the Mets best reliever for the entire season. He was on fire coming into that game. He was the Met, the reliever of the month for the month of July. You could not have predicted that Seth Lugo would have been the guy to melt down. But let, let's play let's play a hypothetical, right? Let's say everything goes according to plan for Mickey Calloway in that situation. He takes Mats out and double switches J.D. Davis out of the game. J.D. Davis who's been hitting 360 since the All-Star break, is responsible for driving in the two Met runs in this ballgame that we're talking about, in which the Mets have a two-to-one lead. You take Mets and J.D. Davis out of the game for Aaron Altair, who has two hits, count them, Ryan, two hits as a New York Met. He's hitting 088 on the season. Incredible that this guy's been on the roster for most of the season. Pretty sweet. You bring in Lugo. Lugo gives you... 
six outs, right? Unless you add runs, you're going to the ninth inning up two to one. And mind you, again, if you're expecting the Mets to add runs throughout this time, you took out their hottest hitter in order to do so. McNeil's hurt, so he's not playing. J.D. Davis is out of the game because you decided to take him out of the game. So you've taken out your starting pitcher was at 79 pitches through six innings and about to face the bottom half of the order. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to take you've taken out. out. You've taken out your best hitter, and you brought in your best reliever in the seventh inning. What's your plan for the ninth inning? Who you, You're not going to Diaz. There's no way you could. If he brought, let me put it this way. If everything went according to plan there and the Mets were up two to one going in the ninth inning, a ninth inning, Ryan, mind you, where the Braves would have had Acuna, Albies, and Freeman coming up. God, you're going to bring Diaz in to face that? The Acuna contract. Are you serious? Sick, Are you nuts? He's like, so good. Oh, my God. Dude, I don't I don't understand. The, there is no defense. It shouldn't have made sense. You should have saved Lugo to make sure that Lugo was going to face those three guys, which means you needed another inning from Mets. Who was at 79 pitches, Ryan? It's, it's not like... It's not like he was at 99 pitches and we're asking him to go another inning. That's a lot. I get it. 79. And he retired 12 straight. Yeah. He was cruising. Yeah. You let him hit for himself. You let him hit for himself the <laughs> inning before. Like, oh, oh my baby. God, dude. I, I, I had a meltdown. Like, it was one of those games where I'm actually happy the Mets lost because they did not deserve to win by being that stupid, by being that poor of a game manager. You needed, in a one-run game, you need to guarantee that Seth Lugo is pitching to Acuna, Albies, and Freeman. I don't care. Look, if Mets was going to face those three to start the seventh inning and you wanted to bring Lugo in, fine, dude. Whatever. You have to get those three guys out. And you have to make sure that Seth Lugo is facing those three guys. And the way Matt, the way Mickey went about it, he made sure, one, that his best hitter was going to be out of a close game. He made sure, two, that his best reliever was not going to face the Braves' best three hitters. And he made sure three that those three hitters were going to face the underbelly of the Mets bullpen in a one-run game. Best case scenario. I there's he's the worst part about this Mets hot streak, Ryan, is that Mickey Callaway now has a shot to manage his team next year. And I cannot think of a worse scenario for the New York Mets. Love it. He's he's a bad manager. He is a bad manager. Straight up. He can't do it. He makes me miss my Terry fa- Collins. My, my favorite part is how much you loved him when he first got here. That's my favorite part. But because he seemed like a smart guy, Ryan. And then I got to know him, and I was like, oh, I get it. You're just a dumb fuck. It's pu- that simple. The puppy love. He said, all, he said all the right things during the press conference. He knew how to handle a pitching staff that did not have expectations in Cleveland and made it one of the best pitching staffs in baseball. But – it, it, it goes to show you that Terry Francona controlled every single pitching decision in that dugout because Mickey Calloway, a colossally stupid fuck. You can just follow stupid, us right? on Twitter at Blizzard's Break for more Met France, similar to the one you heard. He just, the crazy thing is he makes me miss Terry Collins, and I know you remember my Terry Collins rants. That I guy do. couldn't manage himself out of a paper fucking bag. I do. And Collins was good sometimes, though. Um, and well, Collins, Collins was entertaining, right? Yes. Yes, he was entertaining. I can't, do it with me. I can't do it with Mickey, dude. He's just, he's just, he's just so stupid. Uh, I love it so much. I like the, here's, 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 here's the thing. Here's the thing I hate most about sports, right? I hate, I hate people who say, I can do it better than him, right? That's the, really one of the dumbest things you can possibly say when we're talking about professional sports. Like, I, as much as I complain about Ryan Strom, I can't. I will never be a good hockey player, or even the quality of hockey player Ryan Strom is. Mark Stahl, as bad as he is defensively, will always be infinitely more talented than I will ever be playing defense. It pains me to know that I could manage a ball game better than Mickey Callaway. That breaks my heart. That really, it really does do damage to my soul. To sit here, a 30-year-old college graduate who just talks into a microphone once a week with a guy that he tolerates yep i it breaks my heart ryan mead mm-hmm. that i know for fact i am a better manager of a baseball game than mickey callaway i have crushes me crushes me no idea what we're going to talk about next week but tune in because 
we will actually have a guest because next week I won't be working a stupid schedule of traveling on a Monday where we actually have to record on Sundays. That's true. I will be spoiler. We recorded on Sunday. Uh, yeah, that's. Oh, you're going to be traveling. I will. I'll be traveling. Uh, September 6th? September 9th. Oh, man, man. We'll, we'll that's, talk about that's, that. That's, a, that's, a, that's September's problem, that's, bro. I'm not that's worried about That's the Vegas. Uh, I'll be recording from my hotel room. Very fun stuff. All right. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, good stuff. All right. Love you guys. Oh, Ryan, meet on Twitter. Blue Shirts Break for Greg. Love you. See you next week. Bye.